Okay. There. <laughs> so we're back. We're back. Is, this Wait. has been quick one, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been quick since the last one. I think it's only two weeks two or weeks? something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's like a, like a madhouse around here in the, in the, the pop filter production <laughs> office. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk today about, I think we should get relatively oh, straight right into straight it. straight into yeah. it, yeah. So we've got yeah. other work to do after this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard to believe. Um, so we're going to talk about three things today. In 2018, Sam Bungie and Jennifer Ford released their West Cork podcast. The podcast detailed the murder and subsequent decades-long investigation into the death of French television producer Sophie Toscan Duplantier at her home near Skull in West Cork. Their podcast has been described as the finest true crime podcast ever by no less than fellow documentarian Louis Theroux. 2021 is the 25th anniversary of her brutal murder and Netflix and Sky TV are competing for our attention with their respective three and five part documentary series. Can either of these series bring anything new to the story or are they retreading old ground in a case that looks like it will never be solved to anyone's satisfaction? The Netflix one and the Sky one have arrived within a couple of weeks yeah, of each other. Yeah, pretty much at the same time. Are they a co-production? No, they're not. Because no. we'll get to this guy later, Ian Bailey, chief suspect in it main character in both is wearing the same clothes in some of the interviews yeah in I know I noticed yeah. that and I noticed some of the other interviews as well like Sophie's parents they're wearing the same clothes yeah. in it as well so I did think that but they're definitely not a co-production they're two yeah. completely different and I'm surprised that they must have been made at the same time yeah see I think I, I remember reading an article about Ian Bailey it was an interview with Ian Bailey and they said that Jim Sheridan was making a documentary right. about him and that was around two years ago so yeah. his one has been in the works for a while and then um, all I know if with the Sophie the Netflix documentary Sophie I think it's called Murder in West Cork yes. A Murder in West Cork um, that's made by an English production company and they right. don't have anything to do with each other Simon Shin is the executive producer yeah. and they're, they're completely I'm, different but. I'm just surprised that they didn't have exclusivity of yeah I don't think you can really do that I think once you, if you're making a yeah. documentary about somebody when there's so much information in the public mm. domain I, I but think, he's a willing participant in both yeah and I just kind of thought Maybe did one know about? You must have known. Yeah. Anyway, but, yeah. okay. So let's set our, the scene for this. This is tells mm-hmm. the story of Sophie uh, Toscan de Plantier, yep. who was a she was a a French, French producer, 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 and she had a home in West Cork. Mm-hmm. And uh, just before Christmas, twenty how many years ago? Twenty five years. Twenty five years ago, she was found dead at the gate of her home. Yeah. And. Um, and that's obviously set in motion this chain of bizarre events that was documented in all three of these productions. Mm-hmm. And um, so you had recommended West Cork to me. Mm-hmm. I had heard yeah. of it beforehand, but but because it was on Audible, I hadn't you know I hadn't gotten to hear it yet. Right. So I listened to it, uh, and I really loved it. I thought it was it's like people are saying now in the light of all three of these things, people are saying this is the best. Yeah. Account I, of it all. When did you listen to it? Uh, this. No, uh, late last year. Oh, okay, yeah, right, so, right, yeah. And um, I just loved every minute of it. Mm. I thought it was one of the best podcasts I'd ever heard, and I, it really lived up to its reputation because it's like being mm-hmm. as a kind of podcasting masterpiece at this at this yeah. point, and everyone who seems to really enjoy it, <coughs> if, if enjoy is the right word for a subject mm. like this, but it is a brilliantly made piece of work, and uh, there's been very few I found were as good as that. Mm. You know, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, so. Uh, 
when did you hear it? Did you hear it closer I, to I listened to it out? when it first came out, which I think was in, I think it was maybe 2017. I listened to it in 2018. So I listened to it when it first came out and I re-listened to it over the last two days mm-hmm. when, when I knew that we were doing this. And it was great actually to be able to... Okay, you look yeah, I'm just worried. checking at that time. The counter on the on the uh, thing. <laughs> you just had a really worried look on your face. Do, there. do you know sometimes when you're when you're recording, you kind of go, you have this awful feeling. Yeah, that's it's not recording. Not recording. Yeah. not recording. Well, the the red line is constant, so. Yes, the numbers are the numbers are ticking away. Sorry about that. I, I won't take again. <laughs> but you, so you'd heard it. So I, I heard it when it when it came out. First of all, I think I just had downloaded Audible or created an Audible account at the time, and this was suggested to me, and it was just out, and I absolutely loved it. So at the time, I had listened to Serial, I think a couple of years before that, which mm. you had recommended to me, mm. and I thought that was the best podcast yeah. I've ever listened to. And then I listened to West Cork, and I just loved it. Like for yeah. me, it was as good. I I actually think it's probably better than Serial. I, I liked so. it so much. My sister was getting married at the time but I remember listening to it the night before in the morning of her wedding when I was a bridesmaid and getting ready and yeah. I was thinking just slip in a little podcast there yeah. before Your I go sister's to wedding is all yeah. somehow tied yeah, up in West Coast and then, see that's the thing and when I was listening to it again yesterday I was thinking God yeah it is it's just so good it's really good now I think some of it kind of like what I've said before about mm. music sometimes when you've listened to something at a certain time in your life and it yeah. kind of brings back certain memories yeah, and, you yeah. sort of associate, and the fact that it was the first one it was kind of the first documentary I, I heard or listened to about this case so yeah. obviously for me it's kind of it does stand out as probably the best one in that it's the most comprehensive I think there's a couple of things though because it's a podcast and because it's audio they had so the 13 episodes so they just have so much time to really go into everything mm. the two people who met it um Simon Bungie and Jennifer Ford yes. the, name, yeah, the yeah. makers they're a, a married couple they lived there for apparently for two years in yeah. West Cork and yeah. really just kind of ingrained themselves in the society yeah, and, the, and the neighborhood and everything. But I also think there's something about the audio as well. Now, I ended up actually really liking one of the other documentaries, which I'll talk about in a minute, but there's something about the audio as well. Like the very, the first three episodes of West Cork, they're really focusing on, like the f- whole first episode is called Blow-Ins and it's just yeah. focused on people yeah. who've come over and how this all happened, but there's so many yeah. people who aren't from Ireland living mm. in West Cork and they just have all this time to kind of really build yeah. up the scene yeah. and, and the fact that the West Cork is quite a, it's sort of it's kind of almost like this mystical place people always seem to talk about that because of where it is it's yeah, sort of so yeah. it's like the most southern point kind of really in Ireland yeah. and there's and it seems kind of, to be a place that people almost there's a, a high a large amount of people who seem to escape there yeah that's or, the thing yeah or they've gone as it's like it's like the furthest you can't you go, can go further go. in yeah. this country almost yeah in a that's sense. the thing and then <laughs> I just thought the podcast did such a good job of building yeah. that up and then the, I think the second and third episode were pretty much just based on Sophie and it gives yeah. a lovely account of her life and yeah. really because and this is that this is a criticism I think of some of the other documentaries and all a lot of true crime documentaries they're normally based around a woman that's been murdered mm. yeah, that yeah. seems to, that's they're always based around yeah, women yeah. that are murdered and a lot of the time the women are end up just being the supporting characters yeah. and the main thing is about the murder or the murderer whereas and people kind of tend to forget there was a woman that was actually murdered here whereas West Cork I thought they did a brilliant job really they start with Sophie they don't you don't even get to Ian Bailey and the the episode is I think it's called The English Man so they don't even name him I think until the fifth fourth or fifth episode or something like that so I thought that was 
that was really they were very respectful yeah. to her while also then getting into yeah. the whole Ian Bailey stuff as but well. also the podcast by its nature and the cost of making these things it, it's a luxury that the format can have yeah that's you couldn't the do thing. that with TV no, and, it's, it, and it is yeah it's, it's harder to do it with TV and yeah. I think with audio as well because one of the things that kind of struck me yesterday when I was re-listening to it was they seemed to have fought, they had this great rapport with their interviewees like the mm. people really are just saying like they're having a chat and a lot of people yeah. even with the family they're kind of laughing with them a lot and then they all also have a really good relationship with Ian Bailey which gets him to open up as much as he can and that he's kind of a strange yeah. character but I suppose that's the thing about audio is that people are so much more likely to open up I yeah. think when you have an audio recorder as opposed to a camera there in their yeah, face because even with documentary crews which tend to be smaller than drama crews you still have a camera person yeah, you have a sound person you have lighting big it's, presence and it's room, a very yeah. artificial yeah. setting it's yeah. very obvious you're talking to somebody yeah. whereas even now here you forget that the Zoom yeah, reporter absolutely. is there absolutely. you know so but it, it, so I guess, uh, you know, the West Cork takes a little bit of time to get to the murder. Yeah, it really sets murder, out, yeah. not so much your cast of characters, but it really, it really places it in, in geographically. Yeah. You know, and you get a sense of where it has happened because where it happens is important to the mm. story. Yeah, the fact like that it's called West Cork, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, that's, that's kind of another character. Yeah. It's a, you and know, and how, character. It's, how it's transformed West Cork in lots yeah. of ways at that particular part of it. But it was so, so she is discovered dead in her, in her uh, night clothes as yeah. such. She has a jacket over her. Did she have a jacket? I thought she I, did. I, oh, I no, she, she didn't. Just, she had boots. She had boots, she had boots, on. boots on. Yeah, and one of them were kind of only half laced up. So it seemed yeah. like she just put on the boots yeah. very quickly. And they, they, I think they had established that, it, I think she was found at like 10 a.m. Yeah, the and next morning. it felt yeah. like she had been, I think, they were able to place it somewhere between midnight and 10 a.m. That mm-hmm. just seemed to be the thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's a very, it's a thing that doesn't happen there very often. And it's, you know, so it gets great attention. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it's hard to know when to bring Ian Bailey into the story. Yeah. Ian Bailey in, 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 the, in all three, obviously, is this local journalist who lives very close to her house. Like yeah. a mile away from her house. Right. Is it that close? <clears throat> yeah, I think it is. Okay, yeah. right, right. And uh, he, so he is unusually early onto the site mm. of the crime. Yeah, and they do he this. He is the only journalist in the in the place. So that's the yeah. only thing I know. I know that that's said a lot that he was the first on the scene, and people kind of wondered how he how but, he got there. And but how also, he when they worked go. out the timeline about what was said to him, and it seemed that he. Like, I, it seemed like he ended up there, you know, very quickly for one. Mm. But he seemed to know who it was before he got there almost. Yeah, and, and people were, yeah, because I just was... And he didn't linger there very long? No, so he said that he got there and the police told him to go away. But the guards said a different thing. Yeah. So this, this happens all the time yeah. where he has <clears throat> one account of events and the guards say something else. So he says he wasn't allowed and the guards say that wasn't the case at all. That they thought it was really strange that he was there. Yeah. And then he left very quickly. Yeah. And I think in West Cork, there's a guard interviewed... And he said he, he remembers that because he remember being at a man had fallen off a cliff. I, I'd say a, a couple a year before that or something like that. And Ian Bailey, or maybe a couple of months before that, and Ian Bailey was there as well <laughs> at the bottom of the cliff, yeah. like, writing <laughs> the story while the guys in midair <laughs> reporting uh, reporting about this case. And he said Ian Bailey was completely different that day, and that he was right. very chatty. He stayed around for a long time. Everything else. So mm. he said that that he yeah. he kind of remembers that as something that mm. was quite odd. But Ian Bailey says he got there, and the guards were saying, "No, no, no, you can't come yeah. here." So. So he, uh, as you were saying about 
the, the first episode of West Cork, he was what they considered a blow and He's an English journalist who was writing under the name Owen Bailey, Owen Bailey yeah. the Irish spelling of, of Ian or the mm. Irish equivalent, you say, of Ian. And he was considered kind of a, an odd character, but yeah. odd characters didn't seem to be anything unusual. Yeah, there. A lot they just of seemed to be embraced, you know. There, yeah. and, uh, <clears throat> but he was, um, like, he, he was the kind of character they described as, you know, he was a terrible poet. A poet and he would like draw attention to himself by silencing everybody in a pub and reciting his <laughs> yeah. terrible poetry and yeah. and there was there's examples of it in the documentary and i was watching going he is making this up right now this because if mm. this is something he took time to write mm -hmm. that's shocking his limericks yeah. and things oh like that, just yeah. dreadful but he seems to be a character who drew attention to himself definitely yeah. yeah he wanted the attention yeah and he yeah. stood out like they, they say everyone says he stood out he's six foot four he used to walk around in a big Giant long coat, coat yeah. and, and a hat and yeah like and he was kind of very kind of commanding presence and and then but I, I was surprised so i had this image in my head of him as yeah this very unlike of a person that everyone hated kind of from the start but it was actually only when i was listening to re-listening to west cork that so it seems like he, you know it, he wasn't and i almost kind of used to feel a tiny bit that like if you take away the murder thing that he possibly seems like he possibly there's a good <laughs> chance he did i you know you'd almost feel yeah. a bit sorry from this person who was just never liked and he couldn't understand why but actually in his 20s and that there's a lot of journalists who worked with him yeah. in london and they said that he was great and very charismatic and lovely and everything but and so everything mm. that happened to him the, the people that started to turn against him even in london it was all because of his actions he just yeah. he did things that he didn't think about anyone else he would yeah. do things that would upset people and, and then he wouldn't understand why they were upset and yeah. this kind of happened continuously over and over again and he had he had come to west court hadn't he after things yeah. had somewhat fallen in apart 30s, for him in, yeah, in his, london his, he, him and his, he had married a woman i think a journalist as well and then she had left him and he was just a problem. I think because he was, he was an alcoholic and, and I think he had, I got the impression though that he was almost the engineer of his own downfall in a sense and that oh, he, definitely. he was, I guess, I don't know how intentional it was, but he was a bridge burner. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. But never really yeah. figured out that it was him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's one, the thing. Yeah. Like I, you know, we all know somebody who has, you know, who's had a lot of jobs. And if you ask them, they'll tell you every job they worked for, there was an asshole in there who had it in for them. Yeah. But after a while, you kind of go, you're the common yeah. denominator well, here. Yeah. You're the asshole. Yeah. But it's, he, he just struck me as this very, his own worst enemy in mm. so many ways. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so what was the event, do you remember, that kind of drew him under the gaze of the police to consider him a suspect can you remember I what think there was, was a couple there? of things so the number one was the fact that he was there first on the scene and then um I, so I don't know because obviously later on somebody said that I think it was the fact that he was there first on the scene and he knew oh I know what it was he wrote an article about Sophie and he said um she she died because a concrete block was mm. um thrown on her head uh, but it looks like there's no indication of sexual assault. And I was watching one of the, I think it was the Sheridan documentary last night, and they said that that was the thing that tipped them off because right. they thought he shouldn't have known that. There's no way he could have known right, that. Okay. So now I've, I think they say something different. There's there's all these other things. Like I think then they started saying it was strange that he was the first on the scene, the fact that he knew where to go, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I think it was when, and then the fact that he started writing about it. And then there was a couple of, that photojournalist came over, mm. and he said he couldn't believe how much information uh, Ian Bailey had yeah. on this and he thought he had a Garda source so I think there was a couple of things that started to make people a little bit suspicious he had, he had almost become the 
the authority on it in a sense. He yeah. was constantly writing articles yeah. on it. That's and then I think that somebody he was writing for, because he was a freelance journalist, so, and he was writing for the Sun- Sunday Tribune, and I think they started to get a little bit uncomfortable with right. it because of the yeah. amount of... Well, they just, they thought at first this was great because he obviously has a really good source. Yeah. But, and then, but at that stage, people had started to suspect him or the guards had started to yeah. suspect him. So the Sunday Tribune got a little bit uncomfortable and I think they might have been in contact yeah. with the guards as well. So there was a couple of different things. So once they, once they started to started to suspect him there was a number of things that kind of played into their into their theory in a sense mm. one was that he had he had been seen i think the following day <laughs> at a christmas swim yeah and somebody observed he had a lot of cuts on his hands yeah which he claimed was from cutting down a tree, tree. a christmas tree and he also had a mark on his head which he claimed was from, from a, a, turkey. a stray turkey leg he was killing a turkey yeah. and hanging it by its feet and one of the legs all plausible yeah but um I think one of the guards had climbed up the same tree and climbed all the way down yeah, again and, and had come back without a scratch. Mm-hmm. And But there was, and all through this, there wasn't a single piece of concrete evidence that would connect Yeah, them. that's the thing. So, But under questioning, he had said on the night, he had gone to bed and woken up the next morning. Yeah. And then after a while, he said Change that he had story. gotten up yeah. and he'd gone into what he, I think what he described as, uh, the, was it the, the studio or something? Mm, yeah. To write. Which is an extra building attached to his partner, uh, Jules. Jules, her her property. Now, it makes it sound like it's a shed that you just cross like 10 feet yeah, from the back door. It, but it was 250 yards down the road. Oh, right. Okay, so because in the podcast, yeah, it does sound like, because I haven't got yeah. to that stage yet in the Sheridan documentary, but I was wondering that how far they yeah. were, because I was saying, thinking to myself, how did she not know? So then eventually Jules said, oh, okay, yeah, maybe he did get up in the middle of the night, yeah. but that wasn't unusual for but him he, to get up. But he claimed he had gotten up, gone there, started writing, and started writing, mm. and then come back at a time when she was waking up. Yeah, and So he had spent the entire night, away. night yeah. there. And I just thought that was... But yeah. the fact that he had said he had never left the house, and then it turns out that he that had. Has. Yeah. And so he didn't have an alibi then yeah. after that point. Now, they, that, into that, there was an actual article, though. That's the only thing, but possibly he wrote that the next yeah. day. Yeah. Or maybe or he, he had it already written. Yeah, yeah, see, that's the thing. Because I did... Because they, um, they mentioned the article in the podcast as well, and then they made a good point that Jules, because in the podcast, Jules is Adam, and she said, I know exactly because I remember him getting up and saying, I look at the article that I wrote and everything else. But as they pointed out in the podcast, she didn't mention this in her first yeah, her yeah. first statement at all. So it could be a memory that's sort of been yeah. implanted in her head. But I, I think he had, he claimed he'd forgotten he'd gotten up, and that's yeah. why he had said he hadn't. And I just think if you were. Yeah, you don't really forget. Like, I know it's hard. It is hard. And they made this point in serial, actually, as well, which I thought was a good point that sometimes people's memory is almost too scrutinized in that you know mm. people say how could you forget this but actually if somebody asked me what i did two days ago yeah i'd have to think for a go- unless something major happens it is very easy to forget yeah. but getting but I think up and, and not yeah. remembering that you got up and spent the whole night r- working yeah. on something is a bit see he was he was uh he became a suspect quite a bit after yeah was it a couple of months down the line or something I like thought that it was or? more i thought it was sooner than that or maybe yeah, but it was. I, I think a number of weeks to... had passed yeah. at the very least. Yeah, probably a number of uh, weeks. Yeah. And I guess it would be hard to kind of remember what you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I think of the, you know from the morning, uh, you know, of the murder, right? So that when he was on the scene first, so he knew from that morning. Well, that was the morning I didn't get any sleep the night before because I was up writing all yeah, day. Yeah. So you would have an instant association yeah. with that day mm-hmm. because. 
like if he wasn't a reporter involved in 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 reporting this case you can imagine it would be harder to recall yeah but the day after he was accused that he was supposed to have done this he was on the scene and wasn't able to give a good account of his of his actions you know yeah um but I think then after that, it just seemed to be so many things seemed to just go just against go him, against him yeah. by his own fault. Yeah. Like there were three separate occasions where he, he made what he said were jokes, but he, he admitted yeah. to doing it to yeah. three different people. Mm. But none of those incidents, like there's one, there's a kid, Malachi, mm-hmm. who he gave a lift home. I think he was 15 or something, gave him a lift home from school. Apparently it was not an unusual thing. Mm. People around there would give each other lifts all the time. Uh, and he'd been drinking as well Ian Bailey yeah and this drinking. was after school I think yeah, 4 I think o'clock was, or yeah, something yeah. but he had said something like I, I went too far all of this stuff yeah, yeah he, he, the, the guy yeah. Malachi or Malachi, Malachi yeah, like, yeah. Which, which annoyed me <laughs> but I think it was an I at the end like, I, I can't remember <laughs> Malachi Malachi like, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah he said oh how are you and he said oh I would be fine if I hadn't gone up there and bashed her brains yeah. in or something but like that other than that I'm good but it just seemed like there was like he he did this a couple of times mm, yeah, three and, times and one of the that because he's such a weird character I'd almost believe yeah there is a chance he could have just said that joking so, but, <laughs> but then there was, there was another time where yeah. he was really drunk and he was crying into yeah. somebody's arm and it, it's things like that where you think no you wouldn't do that's not a joke no but even if even if they were jokes he seems to have left out the bit where he turns and winks to the person yeah, and goes ah I'm only joking thing, yeah. but also you're accused of murder. Yeah, why don't, don't make jokes around? where you you know, and um, yeah. So there was that, and then I think uh, he just was relentless in his pursuit of just making himself seem guilty. Yeah, it he seems just, like that. Yeah, he could, and then, but the but the way and this uh, comes up in all the documentaries. And I suppose we, we we can talk in a minute about kind of how each documentary dealt with it, but. The way the guards handled or mishandled yeah, the yeah. case just seems, and I, I know it was ninety six, so it was it is it was a lot different back then. Sure. It's probably not as easy. They didn't yeah. have the equipment then that they have now. And even even DNA testing, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And it was you know they all mentioned this. The, the the worst thing was the fact that the body was left out for such a long time, which yeah. is just so terrible yeah. that her body was just there lying on the ground for so long, and the fact that. The um, what you call him, the fret, the state pathologist. Mm. He could. He it was his, his birthday, so he was the only person in the country who did this job. It was his birthday. They couldn't get in touch with him until the evening. I think it was the evening yeah, of the twenty yeah. third. And then he had to go all the way to West Cork. And at the time, there was no motorway, so yeah. it took him and the other guards like seven hours to get there. He didn't arrive, I think, until Christmas Day or the day after, or yeah. something like that. But he had said, "Look, there's no, there's nothing I can do. She's clearly dead. So take the body and bring her to Cork." Mm. But the guard at the uh, on the the local guard yeah. at the local head guard whatever they're called sergeant he um, refused this and said no I want this guy the state pathologist there so and as a result the body was left outside for 13 hours or something crazy so by the time he got there Mm. nothing there was so much stuff and they mentioned this as well in I kind of thought this myself and they mentioned this in the Sheridan documentary that whoever did the murder so lucky because there's so many things yeah. kind of it should it seems like it should have been an easy enough thing to do but mm. there, there's so many things kind of worked in their favor the fact that it was christmas time and it took everybody such a long time to get yeah, there so yeah. by the time they got there a lot of the evidence was kind of like her body was frozen there's lots of different things like that there was no fingerprints on the block that was yeah. dropped on her head because they wouldn't leave fingerprints 
there was yeah. no blood of the, the, none of their blood ever there was just there was a lot blood of things, on the gate which was her blood but then the gate ultimately went missing, went missing. <laughs> how, could, how could a gate go missing yeah, it's still, just, just the way the, like yeah. and i know i'm sure there's a lot and, and people even said you know in the beginning the guards were great very quickly they were on you know going around to people's houses asking a lot of questions they interviewed over 50 people apparently yeah. that 50 suspects at one stage but it just seems like there's Kind of not too dissimilar to the O.J. Simpson case. Yeah, yeah. There was so much mishandlement. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a word? Mishandling. The mishandlement on this thing was outrageous. Mishandling of evidence in the yeah. very beginning that yeah. it just meant. Then it's just like people who commit murders and then they have these and then they have you know a police force or, or guards or whoever who mishandle it must be mm. like thank God because then yeah. it just means it makes it so much harder to convict anybody yeah. then because you've got all this you know. well there was I can't remember what it was but I remember listening to a podcast where uh, the the host of it had uh, a, a detective on an American uh, police detective on mm. the show and they were just saying like you know about murder it says it must be a, you know how do you do the perfect murder mm. and they were saying he said the, the perfect murder in a, in a way is that you killed somebody that you have absolutely no connection to because mm. it's mm-hmm. the connections that will get you yeah and there's so what if you got uh if you found somebody to do it for you so but then you have a connection and that's yeah. something that will get you yeah so i think there was just this inability to establish any connection with mm. anybody yeah and, and they and couldn't the one... even really prove he had met her no but it, and this is the thing like so in the podcast, it does sound like he didn't really meet her, but it does sound like he may have been stalking her at one stage, according to Marie Farrell, who I'll yeah, talk about in a minute. Her, yeah. she's in, I've come to the conclusion that I actually think she's a little bit cracked, but anyway, she, she yeah. just, her story has just changed so many times. I just, I don't yeah. understand why you would come forward. I know there was all that stuff. She came forward basically and said, I saw a man at that bridge, whatever that bridge at was called, right beside Kilfada. her. Yeah her, yeah, her house, not far from her house and, and not far from his house either at two o'clock in the morning long man in a long black coat looked like Ian Bailey yeah. now this is three in the morning yeah and she was driving with a man who wasn't her, was husband. her husband and no there's a part I don't know if you notice this there's a part in the Jim Sheridan documentary where he takes her along that road who it takes he takes oh, uh, he, Jim, Jim Sheridan, Sheridan takes, takes okay, Marie Farrell along, yes. along that road right so it's basically it's it's a, a road that kind of uh branches off uh, you can keep going and then you can turn left onto this road in the particular direction they were going and he said this is the point where i saw him mm. and he said and he said to her well oh, that if you keep going up that road you'll get to um sophie tasca and the plantier's house yeah. and she goes oh really <laughs> 25 years later she didn't know that that road went to her house oh, right okay how did that not come up that was just such nonsense but yeah. anyway i guess when we talk about her because yeah she was the bit i th- she was the part in this story that meant that if you know she had she has corrupted the case to such a point that you'd yeah. never get a conviction yeah that's you the know? thing and i don't understand like i just don't understand her yeah. and what she was doing like i at first i thought I have, and now I've actually wondered: Is she actually a little bit cracked? Like, is she, did she just come forward? But she and, rang. She rang anonymously to the police to yeah, say that she saw a Fiona. man at yeah. this. So did she call herself Fiona. Fiona. She said that she had seen a man at this time in the morning with a long black coat and a hat. She didn't identify him as Ian Bailey. Yeah. But she'd seen him, and she was out driving with a man who wasn't her husband. All of this stuff, but there wasn't an affair going on. Yeah. That's what you do just at three o'clock around. in the morning. But. Well, what amazed me was that she was allowed to not name that guy yeah. for so long. E- even in court. 
she walked she out. She was, but she was brought back in, and the the, the judge made her name him. I, but did she not give a false name? I can't remember. I think she might have given a false name. Oh, just, eventually his name came out. I think, yeah. yeah but yeah. also, are you just allowed well. to just go? I'm not telling you. Yeah, I don't I mean, think that's like, not an obstruction of justice. I, I, I think it might have because I. So so she came for, and so the guards. So she was supposed to. The guards asked her to ring back. And I think she rang back one more time. She kept ringing from a payphone, mm. you know, a public payphone. So every time they traced it, it didn't make yeah, a difference. And yeah. then there was a whole episode of Crime Call in 96 yeah. or 97 or whatever about this. And, and the guard was on and he actually made an appeal for this yeah. one, Fiona, to please come forward with more yeah, evidence. Yeah, he would travel so, anywhere to be Yeah. There. So then she did ring back and this time she rang from a landline. And right. so they were able to trace it back to her house. Yeah. So they went out to her house. And then, and then I don't know how it got to the stage where she said it was Ian Bailey. Well, her story is that they said to her we know it's him right yeah and we want you to and say it is pressure him. on her yeah. basically and she did and she was very convincing in, yeah in because the in interview. all of the interviews she said 110 she actually yeah. says and she says the same thing again when she changes her story but she said 110 percent i'm convinced it was ian Bailey. yeah yeah again even if guards were but why the the guards in ireland it's not like the police force somewhere else <laughs> like you're not going to be that scared like what are yeah. they going to do that you would go on tv and say 110 percent it is that person over there i don't believe that for a second they were putting it wasn't like they were threatening to kill her I think her I think I think they were threatening to uh, reveal this reveal the, that there was another guy in the car with her right okay. and she claims it was an old friend of hers it was an ex-boyfriend an ex-boyfriend yeah, so she told her husband that she was going to meet friends and instead she met her ex-boyfriend and they had a drink and just drove around for at a while. three in the morning in, in roads that have no street lights <laughs> and you know look but like, I'll take her on a word that yeah. there's nothing going on but it looks but like and he was married as well so this was the whole thing yeah. but um, you know whatever about that that doesn't re- you know it doesn't really matter but the way, fact but that she felt that it would seem to be okay to just like he's an eyewitness to a potential murder suspect yeah. and she just says I'm not naming him and yeah. everyone goes okay but I think he yeah. should have also come forward and Absolutely. said okay yeah. look this is I know this looks bad yeah. we'll deal with that we'll later deal with the other stuff but later yeah no I think that might have been Ian Bailey or yeah. no I don't think because yeah. he would surely have known him but maybe he wasn't from the yeah. area I don't know but yeah I just and then then she changed her story how many years later like was it a couple it was a good it, few years it was, later was it, it not just before he was See, he was never brought to trial in Ireland. There was no, never enough there was evidence. Never enough DNA so the only evidence. trial that ever happened was an an in absentia trial in France. Yeah, and I think. But he brought a libel case against the guards, and was that not that's before right. the yeah, case? That's, so I think did her. That's she where she was brought in. She, she changed her story. Yeah. And she she claimed he had he had been making threatening gestures to her, uh, making these cutthroat gestures to yeah. her, appearing in her shop and cornering yeah. her, and all of this stuff. And you can kind you know, of imagine him. Doing oh, I can that imagine him. But see, again, it's all speculation. But it's I guess like, I guess when she changes her story, not that he should be doing this, but it, it becomes very apparent. That he is in there going, you didn't see me. Why, yeah. you know? But that um, would be fair enough if yeah, he, if she really yeah. didn't see. If somebody accused me of murder, oh, I probably would go up and be like, here, look, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> me. Why are you saying yeah. it was me? Yeah, and so. but she had also said that. Now this is uh, she. She recanted all of this stuff and said it was police pressure to say these things, but that she had seen him watching Sophie. Yeah, that go was into her part. shop. And, just the know. day before the yeah. murder. Yeah, so she'd said all of these things, and then something happened that she whatever I don't know if it was eight years I might have got that completely wrong it was a long it was years she turned around and said that she completely was retracting her statement and that it was just all the pressure put on by guards yeah. and then she said 110% again it was a it wasn't him. it was like how sorry how yeah. can you change your story yeah, that much yeah. I don't know there's just 
somebody there's something about somebody who changes now maybe and then in the libel case she was brought forward as a witness and apparently Ian Bailey was delighted about this because she was going to say uh, and then so, and then people were saying that Ian Bailey had put pressure on her to, to, to retract yeah. her statement so what do you think about that? Uh, he doesn't seem like a particularly at this stage you know I, I, uh, he didn't seem like he could exert that kind of pressure yeah. on her so what do you think happened with Marie Farrell then I don't know I think she's the most irritating almost the most irritating part of this because yeah. she screwed everything yeah, up so much it really is irritating really isn't it? every and time I hear about her I get a little bit frustrated because I just think you just messed everything yeah. up there but no but she doesn't really uh, apologise for no. it she, she's very like there was pressure put on her but at the time she could like you say she could have just walked away and said no I yeah. can't say that it was him yeah. because she yeah, never don't say a name yeah. like if you're ugh, like, I mean he's, unless she unless she's sure it was him yeah. but then why did she retract her statement it just none of it makes sense but it really it just I means, think she I think her story is that she just got she just couldn't live with herself and she couldn't but even then she was still not willing to give up that guy's name yeah and at this point Everyone knew she'd been in the car with a, a man. Yeah, her yeah. husband knew it. Everyone, yeah, everyone knew it. And she still, and yeah. everyone is still going, oh, please tell us. And she goes, no. And nobody. I, one thing I did get from this is that yeah. the guards, if, you know, compared to the police who got a really rough house, people like yeah, to yeah. me, it kind of seems like the Irish guards, they're the total opposite yeah. is in like that. And I think that's what irritated the French so much is yeah, that yeah. they were saying they're way, even with Ian Bailey, they're saying they're way too easy on them. They're yeah. there interrogating them and having a cup of tea and all that. Now, I have to say, I like, I don't have a big, I, I would rather that than the way they are, say, sure. in America and yeah, some yeah, other yeah. countries where it's just to the, the other to the extreme. But at the same time, it definitely seems like they should have more power to put a little bit more, yeah, I think so. you know, exertion on, on people. But it did seem to be this cat and mouse game between him and Dermot Dwyer. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. I'm going to place guy. you at that, yeah. that, that bridge and all yeah. this stuff. And it was like this Holmes and Moriarty yeah. kind of... Uh, but I guess, yeah, so what does that bring us to? I guess it's, the difference between the, the two the, approaches to the yeah. TV documentary. Right, okay. So yeah. what? So which one did you watch first? I, I started watching uh, the Sky one, but I found Jim that Sheridan's difficult to, to get. Okay. I don't have Sky and I was trying to find it other, other ways just to see it, but it was proving very difficult. Mm-hmm. So that, then the I watched two episodes of it yeah. and then I started the... Um, the Netflix one. Yeah, so female. So the the Sky one is is directed co-directed by Jim Sheridan. Right. Oh, co-directed. Yeah. Oh, right. There, there's some the there's, there's a guy Colum something Colum okay. Quinn. I might be getting that name wrong. Right. And certainly on the last episode, that guy was listed as a co-director. Oh, as well. okay, so I'm, right. I'm sure, there was on others too, but uh, I wasn't quite sure why why Jim Sheridan was so visible in this documentary, mm-hmm. and. Um, like he was right there at the first scene talking yeah. about how important this case was to him and stuff like that. And I just kind of thought, there's no need for this. I mean, whatever about making a documentary of it, why are you putting yourself into it? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> in the last episode, when the, the French trial is going on, he's there at the trial mm-hmm. and he's ringing Ian Bailey back home and kind of relaying what happened and stuff like that. Right, and, okay, right. And I, <clears throat> and I, think, in, I think in all of these things... It's great to have that access to Ian Bailey in a way, but you know, I, I felt every one of the makers of it got too involved with him. Right. Yeah. You know, less so. Well, the the the, the podcast one, they definitely were almost living with the guy at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, 
like it got to the point and I think it was the same in all three of them where Ian Bailey felt he was making this with them yeah oh yeah he you totally know? did and, but also for a man who's protesting his innocence so much he is so willing to get involved in every yeah, well, production that's, that's of it. Yeah, part of the problem, you know? isn't it? That yeah. like, he's such an attention seeker. That yeah. It makes him look like yeah. he's guilty almost. Well, like, do you know what? I came away from all of it going, if, if, if all of us said to Ian Bailey, Ian, we believe you. Mm. There isn't a single person in this country who thinks you did it. He'd find a way to make us suspect him again. Yeah, oh, definitely. He really would. Well, it's, he, he likes, I think he, there's a part of him that kind of likes the notoriety. Yeah. That, and because his kind of career was sort of completely failing before and now all of a sudden he had this new yeah. career as the, as the man who was yeah. this victim of the corrupt guards. Yeah, he's turned it into his brand, else, yeah. you know. And also, you know, he it's been 25 years and he... He's still there. Yeah, I know. You it's know? crazy that it's still around. But in terms of the Jim Sheridan one, just in terms of the style, so you've watched all the episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So what did you think of that? Like compared to, say, the Netflix documentary, how did you think the two of them I compared? think they both had to ignore a lot of stuff that the podcast was able to do. So mm-hmm. do you remember the, the, the police were paying people to kind of get close to Ian yeah. uh, Bailey? And try and get stuff out of him. Yeah. And they were drinking buddies. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah. None of that shows up in, in the, either in the, of the TV documentaries. Shows. Yeah. So and that was that's a that's a you know an interesting enough detail that the police were willing to go to these mm-hmm. lengths to kind of get information. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the Jim Sheridan one was five episodes, and I kind of thought if you took Jim Sheridan out of it, you could get it down to four. Mm. He didn't need to be in it. I just right. can't, like the fifth, the final episode opens with him on a mar- on a small uh, outcrop of rock with a Martello Tower on it, talking about how Martello Towers were a defense against the French and mm. all of this stuff. And then it goes into the French trial, and mm. it's just kind of, yeah, you know, it's so heavy handed, like the symbolism yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, but I just, I did not like the way he worked himself into the story. Mm-hmm. But he was no more guilty of it. Well, you know, they were all. Maybe the Netflix one was the least guilty of it, mm-hmm. insofar as there wasn't any one identifiable voice that was. Yeah, the filmmakers aren't yeah. really present no, in, the, in they, the Netflix they, one, except for the fact that sometimes you can hear the director asking questions. Sure. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But I think the podcast one, I think it, maybe it's the, the nature of the, the medium, insofar as you're. You're you're that bit removed from it. You don't see them in each other's homes. You don't, mm-hmm. or in, in Emily's home and stuff like that. Uh, I thought the. Um, I thought the Sky one had stuff in it that I didn't like insofar as there was shots of Sophie, her hands photos, after yeah. her death. Yeah, and that's the only I time just I've seen that was, those photos. I didn't need to see that. So apparently that the family... So I got really confused because I read that the family pulled out of Jim Sheridan's one, but they're all but they're in, in it. it. So they're I don't know yeah. what that means. Maybe, Maybe but it was they the, would have had to sign. Release forms and I things think like he that. Said, I think the thing was that he said that he was going to show it to them beforehand and uh, I, I think maybe give them the option to but there was okay. no way they were going to yeah they would have because, a, like you and I know they would have had ironclad waivers mm, signed mm-hmm. that they can't at the last minute yeah. scupper the program by removing 10 minutes from an episode yeah. I mean it's just not going to happen apparently they, they, the uncle said that he had asked them not to show photos of Sophie that was the one thing that they right. they'd asked two things one to put the emphasis on Sophie and two to not show photos and then Jim Sheridan's one did show photos and actually that was one thing mm. I noticed about Jim Sheridan that's the first time ever I've seen yeah, a yeah. photo of her body now that he didn't in fairness now like, it's, it's, a, it's a photo from far away yeah. and you can just you can see this a white 
you know, yeah. you can see it's a body, but yeah. it's completely blurred out. He showed a picture of her legs with the, so just so you can see the boots and it showed a picture of her arm with scratches on them yeah. and then it's in a close-up one you can't see her face at all and it showed a picture of her hand so I had never seen them before yeah. so I was actually surprised to see that but apparently that that's what the family yeah. didn't like he also showed the concrete block with blood on it and this mm. huge pool of blood beside yeah, it yeah I hadn't graphic, seen that you know? before so it was definitely the yeah. most graphic of it but yeah. the Jim Sheridan one I thought it was really interesting so I'd watched so I'd listened to the podcast years ago and then I started listening to it again recently and then I watched the Sophie West Cork mm. Netflix documentary and I thought overall yeah it's it's a good documentary it's it's definitely the most like not i wouldn't say the most sensitive out of all of them because i think the podcast is extremely mm. sensitive as well yeah, but yeah. definitely it's a very sensitive documentary towards sophie are you talking about the netflix, the one, netflix yeah, yeah. one yeah yeah it's trying to bring sophie out into the forefront and everything yeah. else but i have to say i didn't find it particularly interesting just because the podcast goes into so yeah. much detail about everything yeah. for me it kind of seemed like a, almost like a, a shortened watered down yeah. version of the podcast and i guess having Having heard that podcast and it's so good mm. that the, the documentaries are never going to have the same impact on no, us because we knew the story. Yeah, I'd yeah. be interested. I wonder how uh, people who hadn't heard West Cork felt about those documentaries. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I think the, the five part one is not as strong. And there's, but there's a lot of material that seems repeated. Mm. But see, the know? five, so then with Jim Sheridan's one then, so because I wasn't overwhelmed by the Netflix documentary, uh, then um, I just started watching the Jim Sheridan one recently mm. and I really had to make myself watch it. I suppose because I just mm. heard so much about the case as well and I listened yeah, to the yeah. podcast and I thought, this is just going to be the same. And then when it started, first of all, you know, I, I thought, okay, first of all, why is Jim Sheridan there? Yeah. And he keeps saying weird things and he kind of talks yeah. in this sort of strange voice and it was all very strange. And at first I was thinking, I don't like this. And then something happened where, and, and actually there was something I noticed. Did you notice the interview with the priest? I'd never heard that before, that a priest had came along and blessed the body before because the guards took oh, such yeah, a long okay. time to get there. Yeah. The priest came along and they do an interview in the Jim Sheridan one and he, he breaks down talking, yeah. remembering how horribly disfigured mm. her face was. Um, and how horrible the injuries were but that interview was shot and now I don't know if this is it's a stylistic thing in this really weird way where it looks like an interview from the 90s it looks like it was shot on oh, old digital okay. camera or something if you go back and look at it again yeah. now, I, and I don't think it's just the version that I had because all of the rest of the interviews or is it fine. an interview from the time or is it an interview well possibly yeah. maybe but it doesn't say that but okay. it, it's just the way it, it looks but there is one other interview that looks a little bit like that so there's a few things like that where I thought this looks really weird yeah. there's some sort of weird yeah. stylistic choices but then and then I thought again I actually wrote down twice not a fan of Jim Sheridan being in this because I thought this is just about him now rather than her I felt that from the very first episode yeah right but then funny enough as I got into it though there were some things I'm finding it a lot more interesting than the Netflix one but there's more there's there's new information there that I'd never heard before and I by maybe episode three and four, he had kind of gone into the background a little bit more yeah and the comes back in five a bit more yeah but I, I've just never, well, not never, but a lot of times when an interviewer or a documentary, the filmmaker themselves mm. is present. I mean, that's not how most people approach documentary. Mm. And to say that you're going to step past that line and become part of it, mm. you are affecting it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not it, a, I don't know. Well, then you become part of the documentary. Then yeah. you're, you're, you're a character in the documentary. But I have to say, actually, I'm enjoying it. Enjoying it. I know that's a weird. It's it's strange. It's definitely more voyeuristic than the other ones. And I'm kind of this part of me thinking, oh, this is 
not as sensitive as the other ones and I shouldn't be enjoying this but as a and kind of as a cinematic experience mm. I think it's a lot more cinematic than Definitely. the rest of them yeah. and it's more like a thriller and it's more it's just more interesting yeah. than the and that's like unfortunately and that's the thing even with the photos yeah it, it isn't and I, there was a, a documentary on Netflix recently oh Night Stalker where I thought they went oh, yeah. way too far with the photos and then they were yeah, showing yeah, really absolutely. graphic photos yeah. and I thought god if people's families are watching this that's yeah. way too much but I suppose if you're going to do a documentary about a murder, yeah. like sometimes you do need to have photos in there just to show how shocking it actually was, yeah. you know, yeah. and how, how gruesome this murder actually was. So the only thing about these were because they were relatively, like it was the shot of her hand and the shot of her, her legs, the shot of boots and stuff yeah. like that. So you weren't getting the images of these grisly wounds, but her hands yeah. were bruised and yeah. they were just so sad, those images yeah. rather than graphic. And I guess... Yeah, that's the and, thing. Yeah. And he does talk about it in the documentary about whether to why include those the or not. photos, yeah. But, but watching now, you're kind of going, you were told not to, Jim. I know, You were yeah. told, why are you doing it? Yeah, you know? well, that's the thing. And I think, but, I think he, it, that's the moment where... The filmmaker in himself. Well, yeah. He, he makes the choice for the film rather than the people. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. And and to be honest, it does make it, I think, in a way, slightly more interesting to yeah. watch because, and that's the thing about the Sophie one, the the one on Netflix. Um, it is definitely a very sensitive version. It's very sensitive towards the family. Mm. He really gets across the emotion of the family and everything else. And I'd say the family really liked that one. But as yeah. a viewer, I didn't find it as interesting as the Jim Sheridan one. Like, I'm not... Fin- but, and, and also, apart from the fact that it's it's, it's more cinematic, which I like, mm. uh, I just think there's... there's I found out way more information <laughs> in the Jim Sheridan one that I didn't know about. Right. And do you know what else I really like? I like the way he does the Garda statements. You know, he so they yes. show the Garda yeah, statements yeah. from the time. Yeah, yeah. And they get... Whenever they can, they get the person who actually made the statement to, to read, read it, it out. Yeah, so yeah. you can just hear their voice. So so again, it's all very... You know, it's done in this kind of very... Mm. He's this you know and he keeps he keeps telling us he's a storyteller and it is yeah. the way he tells the story i think is quite interesting but there was a couple of other things and even the blood stain on the door that jim sheridan mentions i'd never heard that before right, okay. um i also i thought it did a really good job of showing how remote the house was in yeah. one way and that yeah. you really have to draw and it's so <coughs> dark around there and at nighttime and everything else but i also didn't realize that the, she also had neighbors quite close to the mm. house though at the same time so yeah. i don't understand how they didn't hear anything because you would yeah. imagine she would have been screaming so i i don't know but um and then so i'm at the part now marie farrell where he's interviewing her and and that's why i was late because i was watching i was still <laughs> i was staying up pretty late last night watching it and as i was leaving i was watching it so there is something it's strange it's like i'm watching this documentary going i know i shouldn't like this because jim sheridan is yeah. there putting himself in front yeah. of the camera and it should be about her but there's something about it i'm actually finding quite oh, interesting I mean, it kinda... is, it's compelling enough to kind of keep you going despite that yeah but okay so um so which do you prefer? You prefer the Sheridan so, uh, one? So overall, I think West Cork oh, yeah, is the best. Yeah. But I think of the other two. Yeah, yeah. Of the other two, I would prefer the Jim Sheridan one, yeah. the Murder at the Cottage. And kind of, it's too close to call almost for me. I think given that neither of them can get to the level of detail of, of West Cork, yeah, I almost prefer the condensed version of Netflix one right. in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe the Sky one is maybe a more engaging. I think it is one. a yeah. But I suppose it depends. It depends what what you Sky, want to get out of yeah. it. Yeah, well. Sky one I think is more flawed in its approach, but it's a more engaging watch. This the Jim Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, the Netflix one is 
fine. I don't really have any complaints with it. It's maybe it just needed an extra episode. And to I think it, it might be a bit too simplistic as well. Yeah. It kind of yeah. do, it just doesn't go into and maybe it's only because <coughs> only three episodes, which is kind of nice because sometimes these things go on for too long. Mm. But there's there's kind of di- different avenues there that feels like they could have gone mm. into. Now they did a really good job of showing the family. They also showed the the trial in France, which yeah. I don't agree with. By the way, I don't think even if he did do it, I don't think you can try it, somebody. I think it's just a show there. trial, really, isn't it? Yeah. They, they couldn't like there's no jury. There was no, you know, he's declared guilty, but yeah, no, they've asked for extradition, which they're never not knowing they'll never get it. Yeah, but okay, so, um, did he do it? Yeah, it's really after listening to West Cork, there was so many times where I thought, yeah, it really sounds like maybe he did that, did do it, and then by the end of it, I was kind of had thinking. I had no idea. With the Netflix one, I was thinking, yeah, it seems like he did. Mm. But then with Jim Sheridan's one, it's a bit, it's a much more sympathetic um, yeah. show of him, I suppose, than the other ones. It's really hard to know. Yeah. I, he, if he didn't do it, this is like with the first ep- our series of series. Yeah, it's, it's kind of to similar end, to that. Where I, I remember the, one of the presenters, or the, like one of the researchers was, mm. was talking with the presenter and they said, do you think he did it? And they said, well, look, if he didn't do it, he is the most unlucky, unlucky person yeah. in on that particular day. Everything that could go wrong, so many things had to go against him, him. Yeah, had to go against him. To and if he's innocent, he looks really guilty, having done nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah. With this guy, I kind of think it's like I don't. There's no evidence to connect him. His his alibi is non-existent. Mm. His behavior is. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's the kindest and, way I can yeah. say about it. And actually, in the Jim Sheridan one, out of all of them, I thought he seemed the most unhinged. Yeah, it, it really seems like he's got There's gotten m- even more crazy. As but you know, the moment about. when he sits down, I think it's at the end of episode two, and he's singing a song, and it's they're going to put me in the movies. Oh yeah, now, yeah. they edit it brilliantly because yeah, the moment he sits down, same. the line of the song is, and all I have to do is act, act naturally. naturally. Yeah. It's a brilliant edit. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, but. He is not singing that song. Uh, that's a well-chosen song. Oh, for Ian yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not admitting a guilt by any means. Yeah. But this is his spectacular lack of self-awareness that he made to three separate people. He made jokes about, or what he says are jokes about mm. having killed her and gone yeah. too far. And the one other thing I mentioned about him is the savage beating he gave his partner. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, On and several occasions. A, a, a very serious alcoholic as yeah. well and this, when he drank whiskey they said he got very violent no I, I see I don't buy that at all I mean I think he he gets violent when he drinks because he's violent oh yeah, yeah nobody yeah. Yeah, I don't nobody, think alcohol makes anybody no, violent no uh, alcohol just lets the mask slip and mm. it was just but it, my problem with him was that that's he just dismissed it as whiskey oh yeah you know yeah. and it's not and, and, and he, he was also allowed to dismiss the, so the Jews beating which I hate when I yeah. hear people he was saying oh I know it's a, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to justify it but you know it takes two to tango and yeah, unfortunately these absolutely. things happen no they, they don't do not, men do yeah. not just go around r- yeah. ripping the lip off her yeah and her or, chunks of her hair yeah and, like it was ridiculous and like, I'm so glad to hear that they've split up you know oh just, yeah I wonder yeah, what, yeah I wonder but what that was I think right. I, there's a part of me because he didn't do it because of no one reason to think because the Marie Farrell thing screws it up completely mm. his unbelievable stupidity and his relentless kind of pursuit of well, the, yeah, you know the, he's not willing to just let it go well, that's the thing and you wouldn't yeah. think I think either way I think he might be either a sociopath slash psychopath in that if he did it he's a complete 
psych battle so it's too bad I'm not sure which one it is and is continuing to put himself into the spotlight even though he did it and he really should be running away or he didn't do it but he's just acting like he did do it like so you know either way I think he's completely unhinged but uh, it's really hard to know and actually they made a really good point in West Cork the podcast where um, the guy Simon Bungie said this happens all the time where they talked about the bonfire and this this is you have these pieces of evidence there's the bonfire where he apparently burnt a lot of clothes yeah, including and one of them the might have been the coat the, the, coat the black coat but then there was a Garda report that mentioned having taken the coat yeah well, yeah, but then they were saying that possibly there was a different it might have been another yeah, black coat yeah, yeah. yeah yeah. so that's the thing they did take a black coat and apparently they found nothing but people mm. are saying well maybe there was two but he said that happens all the time in this case where you find a piece of evidence that seems so damning like mm. the fire but then when you go up to it and I think he's said when you scrape away for, with it with a food or a spoon when you scrape away at it with a spoon you find that there's nothing there yeah. he said yeah. it in a much more eloquent way than that I wouldn't like, say it was much more yeah. but, uh, why are you scraping with a spoon I don't know I was wondering that nice. was a spoon eh? but uh but uh, no, this that's what happens all the time with this case. It seems like you you hear a piece of evidence and you think, oh yeah, I definitely did it. But then when actually when you look into it more, you think, oh wait, no, that doesn't well, actually prove he did it. There was only one piece of evidence really that was that it all hinged on, and that was the sighting. Yeah, and that's, that's once that's thing. gone, yeah, there's nothing. No, there's nothing there's really, nothing. and there's also yeah. absolutely no motive. Like, what was what would be yeah. his motive to kill well, her? He but then the Netflix documentary said that they had met and Sophie apparently talked about a poet that she mm. was going to meet in Cork. So actually that was one thing in the in the Netflix documentary that I did hadn't heard before that he, he's saying he didn't meet her but people are basically saying no, she did definitely meet him and he had talked to her about working together and all but that. But had he uh, in his... He had like these diaries that were seized and there was kind mm. of some strong kind of sexual content in it as well. Nothing wrong with that but it's just... But also, she seemed to have this very open relationship where she would have relationships yeah. with people who weren't her husband and they would be very casual or whatever. And the, the speculation was that they had been, that maybe there was something there. With him and Ian, I would say there was absolutely nothing going on between the two of them, oh, but I, he probably wanted something. Oh, i say like, so, I think yeah. if, he, if he did do it, I would imagine it's because she in somehow, somehow rejected his advances or he just... Assume, assume, yeah, I think that's probably why he did well, it. it. And he went into, into a his, rage. It does tie into his kind of his apparently fake confessions to three separate people that I went too far. And I, yeah, you know, but I just kind of think he never explains that, he's constantly just dismissing it as drunk talk or whatever. Mm. But I just don't think anyone. I bet I guess ultimately, are we just accusing him of being a very stupid person? Yeah, well, that's because, a lot of it as well. Because, yeah. I mean. But why would you make jokes about having killed somebody? But that's so what three I mean. separate I mean, people. But I think, but without a knowing wink at the end, or yeah. no. Because I think know. there is some. I think he genuinely has some sort of personality disorder mm. or something like that. So I think even if he didn't do it, that's very obvious yeah, yeah. That, that he because he handled it all so badly. There's yeah. definitely something there. He's also a massive narcissist as well. So I think, but then, but that yeah. would make you think that there's more of a chance that he did do it if she yeah. if she did say, for example, reject him, and she obviously clearly knew her killer because she walked the whole yeah. way down the lane yeah. or she came out to them or and then maybe yeah. they chased her in the middle the of the night as well yeah know? but so. also okay so um i think we'd recommend any one of these things yeah. in a way I, I, I think, but i think if you had to pick one i would go uh, uh west cork i would the, go with the west the cork po- podcast, podcast yeah. from audible yeah um murder at the cottage is on sky i guess you could watch it as part of their box set kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah and on um, now Netflix, tv as well and now tv 
and uh, the yeah, other one, this, what's the top S- title? Sophie Murder in West Cork is on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend any of those, but yeah. if you have to make a choice, I would go with the Audible. I would one. go, yeah. And you can get isn't there a two week free trial of, there of is, Audible? Yeah. You can try it out. It's yeah. worth, well worth it. And there's a bunch of other great free podcasts in there too. I yeah, think no, people, Audible's great. I'm yeah, always recommending There's some really good people, stuff yeah. on it. So All right, that. there you so, go. Yeah, that was a slightly, <laughs> I wanted to call it a bonus episode, but you don't think it's a bonus episode. <laughs> well, I just think it was so long, you know, in terms <laughs> yeah. of what we were talking yeah, well, about. Yeah, true, true. Um, um, so recommendations then? Yeah, well, maybe my recommendations are things to avoid. Okay. Uh, due to <laughs> us being on holidays at the moment, I, I went to see... I, know I shouldn't qualify this. I went to see because uh, I wanted to go to cinema. There was nothing else on. I went to see Fast and Furious yeah. Nine, what having not I, seen Eight, Seven, Six, Five, Four. <laughs> Turns out you don't much. really need to have seen <laughs> them, but it is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's just you kind of feel like a fifteen-year-old kid wrote this, and it just seems. But it, I, people are going on about how you know this is uh, parody. It, this is they're mm. not serious about this. I can't imagine there anyone serious about it, but it's not funny enough yeah, for you to that. think that there's a, that there is a joke here. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just absolute a terrible film. Yeah. Like I go to every movie wanting it to be good and and even want you, you want it to succeed on its own terms. If it sets out this weird world where you know these things are happening and it, as bizarre as it is, but this is just. I remember at the start we're going, oh, okay, so nobody's gonna get. This is the kind of film where there are no stakes. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's yeah. going to, you know, so it's just no matter what stupid thing is happening on screen, everyone's going to be all right. right so, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, but that's the kind of thing with most things, you know, you never think Tom, Tom Cruise is going to be killed in, 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 in a Mission Impossible movie. Mm. But there's one point in the film where, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, one of the guys goes, and I guess he falls short of saying in the previous eight films what he means in all the stuff we've done together mm-hmm. we've been shot at thousands of times and fallen out from great height all of this stuff and we never get killed mm. I've been thinking, starting to think we're immortal and stuff like that and he's kind of going like if they actually went with that at least that would have been trying to make sense out of this mm. but really what's happened is people are falling off rooftops <laughs> and landing on buses <laughs> and getting up and, and again look to expect physics to be obeyed and this <laughs> yeah. it's a film where two characters end up in space oh, in a yeah. car, trying <laughs> okay. to destroy a satellite right. they're wearing old-fashioned diver suits <laughs> and if that sounds funny but it, it, it's a such a funny stupid idea mm. but it is played without any real humor sort of it's laughter. just is the man that looks like a potato still in it john Cena? oh no, no uh, vin, vin, vin diesel, diesel. the is most he has zero charisma is, as an actor. He, he's silly, in it, yeah. looking like oh a turtle God. out of his shell. Oh, he, that's like a little spud. But he's just like he's constantly going on about family in this. This all he talks about is family. Right. But every so often he does this kind of puckered lip kind of thing, and it just and that's his. That's him acting. That's him acting yeah. his ass off. It's yeah. terrible. And yeah. it comes to something when his the two best things that guy's ever done is uh, one is the. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. where he, I am Groot, and that's oh, right. that's I this, that's that. all he gets to say right. in the film. And his other best role was as again as a voice actor in the Iron Giant. Oh right, where yeah. I think Superman is the only thing he says. So he has, you know, the one-liners. Yeah, good. two of his films generated four words of dialogue, <laughs> and I think that's where he works best. They have this former wrestler, strength yeah, in talking very little. Right. Uh, so you wouldn't recommend that then? I I just got the impression that you know, 
there was so much Photoshop going on to make them all him look very muscular and stuff like that, right. or visual effects going on to make him look like that, that it looked like he barely moved in the film. Like every time they, they don't move around too much, cause that's a lot of CGI for us to kind of just stand there in your vest for the entire thing. And, but it's just, if, if it's a joke, and I'm not sure it is, they really don't let you in on it. Okay, Because yeah. it just... And if it's if it's supposed to be a parody of bad films, mm. and it still ends up being a bad film, yeah, then it's not a parody so it's anymore. It's not so bad; it's good. It's yeah. just in that kind of yeah. It's just bad, right? Well, mm. I watched something recently that is so bad; it's good. Did, really? you, did you get a chance to watch that Sex Life program? I I watched the first episode of it, and I was kind of going, "Is this a comedy? Is this yeah. the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life? This is just..." Well, I don't think it's supposed to be a comedy, but it's supposed but to I... be a racy kind of dry. So it's number one in Netflix at the moment. So I saw it come up, and I thought yeah. this looks kind of funny because I saw you know the play the trailer now. So I started watching it. I actually became addicted to it. So it was just yeah. I was watching this, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so bad!" I'm very racy. Like from the very yeah. start, it's very racy, but it was just so cheesy so over the top and then all of a sudden i was just hooked but it really is so bad that it's good and even and the voiceover and everything is so dramatic it's basically about this bored housewife suburban housewife who starts fantasizing about her she's just had a baby um with her husband her second child and they obviously haven't slept yeah. together in, in and her husband is this perfect Cooper is his yeah. name his name is Cooper for God's sake <laughs> of course it is anyway he looks, he looks like a Ken doll brought yeah, yeah, like he's he a real person but yeah. he looks like a Ken doll he can bend his elbows and everything life. but um, and he's just so one note although as it goes on perfect but boring as a yeah. time yeah. very boring very very boring anyway she starts fantasizing about her ex-boyfriend yeah. who like she just was like can't see having sex with that it was great yeah. and all of that and she starts writing about it in her journal and then her husband reads her journal nothing's ever said about that he just reads her journal by the way is stuff that she writes in a laptop and he, he yeah. just and she obviously has it she has it saved on her desktop yeah. doesn't the even document like is try open, and you know? hide it obviously the laptop's no open, password yeah. on her laptop terrible security yeah. and he reads it for yeah. some reason and nothing's ever really said about well, that he reads it because the plot needs him to that's <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you know well we could have a whole episode about you know the, the trust betrayal of reading our yeah. document but we, we need him to read it yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh, so I started watching that and that was great because it was so bad mm. and so funny but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that so yeah. that's sex life and then the other thing that I haven't seen yet but I saw uh, it came up on Netflix is called Trial by Media or Trials no, by Media so and apparently it's it's a, it's um, it's another kind of true crime thing but I think there might be a series of it and this is just another episode about some somebody who went on that show I don't know if you remember one of those American chat shows from the 90s called mm. Jenny Jones Yes, I was, I was in the audience of a Jenny oh, Jones yeah. show. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was with the band. I we used were, to we were, love Jenny Jones. We were on tour in, uh, in Chicago for 10 days. Uh, we had a, ch- a chance to go to either a Jenny Jones show <laughs> or a Jerry Springer show. Oh, and you, ch- you pitched Jenny I Jones. said Jerry Springer. Yeah. Everyone else said Jenny Jones. Why? Were they I, think, I think they were a bit snobby about Jerry Springer. Oh, right. But so it Jenny turns out Jones, Jenny Jones is just as bad. Oh, yeah. They just edited it to look a bit... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, Jenny Jones, she used to do a lot of makeover shows, but she had this one show where this guy came on and said he had a crush, I think, on a guy or something was, like that. Yeah. And then he ended up murdering this yeah. guy. So the, the guy, guy who said the, that he had the crush They on brought him. this guy on to say, you have a secret crush. Oh, yeah. And it turns out to be this bloke who lives across the road yeah. from and, uh, and two, was the, the, so the man was straight was he yeah. the, right okay and then two days later he we went across and shot him because yeah. he'd been so embarrassed on TV yeah. so, we, we went to it 
it, this was a couple of months after this. Oh, happened. after yeah, that, yeah. right? And, okay, um, and we're saying that's a security. Oh no, so you didn't kill him? No, the but there was, was. They had gone very safe with what they were doing. Yeah, okay. It was the, when the I saw them, we saw makeovers. Yeah, well, the one we saw was I used to be a nerd in school, but look at me now. Yeah, <laughs> total skank. But there was one part where this was a girl sitting. So it's really long oriental style design dress all the way down to her feet but with it with uh, like slashed to the hip right you know and so there's this be long this long narrow piece at the front <laughs> okay and then like oh, what all the way around but a very long, yeah, yeah, yeah sleeveless yeah. kind of dress yeah. high neck kind yeah of like. yeah but anyway she gets it they're all sitting on these high stools and at one point she just whipped up her dress and was wearing no pants and kind of flashed the audience oh, God. and we were just shocked watching this thing so we want to go see Jerry Springer but we kind of got the similar yeah, thing anyway yeah yeah definitely just, god that's mad yeah. well so the, the epic this new so I thought it was just a, a series about that but I think there, there might be other episodes right. on different things um, about murders that happened in the media spotlight and this yeah. one is about the Jenny Jones show so you might like that it's called yeah, Trial by Media yeah, yeah seeing as you're well familiar with oh, the Jenny, yeah. Jones Jenny Jones show that's so funny yeah. you're at the show so sad. yeah that's what I'd recommend then Sex Life yeah uh, okay okay great so uh, I don't know what so, we're going to do next time. No. Maybe maybe that sexy beast show will be on Netflix. <laughs> what a sexy beast. Do you remember the thing with the dating show with the guys wearing the prosthetic animal oh heads? Oh my God. We are yeah. Watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe for that. Look at that. All right, one, if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about, look up sexy beasts yeah. trailer for Netflix. Yeah. Uh, make sure it's terrible. plural because you'll get the Ray Winston film, which yeah. is brilliant. It's really good. But, yeah. it's, uh, but check out that trailer. Yeah, it's hilarious. Somebody Definitely said, watching um, this. And I sent you the same text, but somebody on Twitter said, this is what we get for watching Love is Blind. Yeah. yeah. yeah we brought this on ourselves. All right, All so right next then. time we'll be back with stuff and an album again. <laughs> next time we'll stuff. be back with stuff. Yeah, oh, someone's listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. I might as well just stop talking now. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You're getting better. Right?